As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. Nathan Hager, kind of cautious in markets this morning. After recent sharp gains, stocks are holding steady as traders await the monthly U.S. jobs report. We check the markets every 15 minutes during the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures are down one point right now. Dow futures down 24. NASDAQ futures down 10 points. Little changed all around. Ten-year Treasury is down 230 seconds. The yield 3.51%. Yield on the two-year 4.18%. NYMEX crude is little changed as well, up $0.06, for a barrel of West Texas Intermediate. COMEX gold is little changed, down $1.10, an ounce. The euro, 1.0522 against the dollar. The yen is at 134.11. Bitcoin is up two-tenths percent, so little change there as well, just shy of 17000 That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael? Nathan, thank you very much. It is a victory for the Justice Department's criminal investigation into Donald Trump's handling of White House documents. A federal appeals court ruled a judge was wrong by appointing a special master to review material seized from the former president's Mar-a-Lago home. Congress has avoided what President Biden says could have been a Christmas catastrophe. The Senate voted to pass a bill to avert a looming rail strike. NFL, the Bills beat the Patriots 24-10. NHL, both the Devils and Capitals lost in OT. At the World Cup, four games today, including Cameroon against Brazil. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg. Amy. All right. Thank you, Michael. We are waiting for the jobs numbers this morning. Experts are watching for the trend of slower hiring to continue. And we're joined live now by Wells Fargo senior economist Sarah House to give us a preview of Jobs Day. Sarah, good morning. Thanks for taking the time with us. What are you watching for today? So obviously the headline will be a big focal point just given that overall trend pace of hiring. So we're looking for a gain just a little bit below consensus of around 190,000. So that would be certainly a step down from what we saw in October as well as just the average this year. But I think another big focal point will be what's happening on wages, given that inflation is the Fed's utmost priority and they are worried about the inflationary pressures coming from the labor market. How much of a slowdown in hiring is the Fed also looking for? What's it going to take for a pivot? 
So I think we're already set for the Fed to slow the pace of, of tightening, but I think in terms of potentially stopping rate hikes and, you know, eventually reversing, I think we're still a long ways off from, from that. So I think if you get a sub 200 number, you know, but not, you know, still, still within the hundreds, I think they, they would be perfectly content with that. So suggesting that you are seeing some, some moderation, but the labor market isn't, isn't falling apart. And you mentioned wages. What are you watching for there specifically, and how crucial is that data before the Fed's next meeting? Right. So we're looking for a 0.3% monthly increase, which would be somewhat slower from what we were seeing earlier in the year. But that's still 4% annualized rate over the past three months. So still too hot, I think, as far as the Fed's concerned when they're thinking about it against a 2% inflation target and even making some pretty reasonable assumptions about productivity growth. So I think there's still some some work to be done, but it would certainly be an encouraging sign that we are starting to see some of those inflationary pressures begin to slow and I think keep the Fed on track to moderate that pace of tightening at at coming meetings. Now, when it comes to the labor market, if we drill down just a little bit, we've seen a wave of layoffs, especially in the tech sector. Does that signal anything for you? Is that concerning at all? Well, I think it does signal that the broader environment is getting tougher for for businesses. So as we are starting to see demand slow, as we're seeing consumer preferences shift, as financing costs are are getting higher. And so I think it is a a bit of a bellwether, so maybe not completely indicative of of the broader jobs market when you still have, for example, a lot of small businesses saying that they are having trouble filling positions right now, but I think it does suggest that we are in for, for tougher times. So I think some of the layoff announcements we've seen recently might be a little bit too early to show up in, in today's data, but I think they do point to the fact that we'll see job growth continue to slow on, on trend despite, you know, potential surprises that we see perhaps in today's report in, in the headline number. You know, sometimes the data can be a little bit skewed because of the holiday season and we're right there in the middle of it. How has the holiday season impacted the data? Well, I think that could be a a headwind for today's data and the fact that retailers have announced that they're not looking to hire quite so many workers as as last year. And if you think about the the holiday-related industries, not just retail, but also transportation and warehousing, so those industries are seeing, I think, particular cyclical headwinds. And so I think the fact that the seasonal factors are are looking for a nice uptick there might be a little bit disappointing. So I think that's also contributing to the, the notable moderation and job growth that we're expecting today versus what we've seen over the past few months. We have about 30 seconds here, Sarah, but I want to ask what you are going to be watching for in coming weeks. What's got your attention? So I think it's it's still very much focused around inflation, the labor market to the extent that it's, it's impacting inflation. I think we are seeing signs that the trend in, is moderating for price growth on, on net, but I think um, there's there's still a lot of of data that actually needs to to confirm that to keep the Fed on this uh, on this path of moderating the pace of rate hikes. All right, Sarah House, thank you so much. Sarah House, a senior economist with Wells Fargo, and we'll break break down those numbers with U.S. Labor Secretary Marty Walsh. That's coming up at nine forty five this morning, Wall Street time on Bloomberg Radio and Television. Nathan, yeah, going to be a very interesting conversation. Thank you, Amy. It's five fifty three on Wall Street time now for our Bloomberg Law Report. Let's get to the legal stories we're watching this morning. Here's Bloomberg's Jeff Bellinger. 
Nike filed trademark suits against two companies in New York federal court. The defendants are accused of selling knockoffs of Nike's Air Jordan and Dunk sneakers. A Treasury watchdog found there was no misconduct in connection with IRS audits of two former FBI officials. And the XFL has hired veteran sports lawyer Wendy Bass as its chief business and legal officer. The XFL is making a third attempt at establishing a non-NFL football league. Bloomberg Law. Everything you need, all on one legal research platform, including guidance, analysis, and Bloomberg Market Intelligence. Find out more at BloombergLaw.com. Now, another legal story we're watching. For the first time in almost 30 years, the Justice Department has convinced a jury to convict American citizens of seditious conspiracy against the United States. Two members of the far-right group, the Oath Keepers, were found guilty of conspiring to oppose by force the peaceful transfer of presidential power on January 6th of last year. So what could those verdicts mean for future cases and on the investigation into the Capitol riots? For more, Bloomberg's June Grasso spoke with former federal prosecutor Jimmy Garuli, a professor at Notre Dame Law School. Jimmy, what's the impact of this verdict? I think it's important on a couple of levels. First, I think it's a very powerful rebuttal to the narrative that the January 6th rioters were, were so-called patriots. What this verdict proves is that instead of patriots, many of these individuals, certainly these five individuals that were convicted, are criminals. And these individuals have been convicted of some of the most serious crimes against the government, including two of them convicted of seditious conspiracy, which is second only in terms of its severity and importance second only to treason. And I think the other important takeaway is whether or not the convictions are going to motivate any of the five defendants to cooperate with the government. So all five defendants were convicted of obstructing an official proceeding. That's a very serious offense. It carries a penalty of up to 20 years in prison. So these individuals have a real incentive to try to reduce their criminal liability and term of imprisonment by cooperating with the government. So we'll have to wait and see what happens there. And then lastly, whether or not these verdicts are going to encourage others to cooperate with the government. So there are several individuals that have trials that are pending and, again, involving very serious felony charges. And it'll be interesting to see whether they're motivated to cooperate with the government as well. The verdicts weren't a slam dunk for the prosecution. How much of a conspiracy with only two people convicted of seditious conspiracy? So more people were acquitted than convicted of it. Yeah, that's true. There are 10 counts that the jury considered. And the message that take away the fact that, that some were acquitted, some were convicted, what it suggests to me is that it was a jury that really took its uh, responsibilities seriously with respect to each count and the evidence as it pertained to each individual. So they really combed through the evidence and applied the evidence defendant by defendant. And in some cases, they just found that there was not sufficient evidence beyond a reasonable doubt of an agreement, which is the central you know, key element to establish conspiracy including seditious conspiracy. And we saw that not only with the seditious conspiracy count, but also the conspiracy to obstruct an official proceeding. Two of the defendants were convicted of that conspiracy, and then three were not. But then at the same time, when you look at the obstruction of official proceeding, you know, all five defendants were convicted of that count. And so, uh, again, I think it, it suggests the jury really very meticulously, you know, examined the evidence and applied it to each defendant. 
That's Jimmy Garuli, a professor at Notre Dame Law School, speaking with Bloomberg's June Grosso. You can catch more of that interview plus analysis of the latest legal news by subscribing to the Bloomberg Law Podcast or downloading the show at Bloomberg.com slash podcast. And attorneys can find exceptional legal research and business development tools at BloombergLaw.com and on the Bloomberg Terminal at BlawGo. Ahead of the November jobs report, futures are in wait and see mode. S&P futures are little changed right now. Dow futures are down 13 points. NASDAQ futures are down 8. Ten-year Treasury is down 2.30 seconds. The yield, 3.51%. Bloomberg Daybreak continues. This is Bloomberg. Broadcasting live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studio in New York. Bloomberg 1130. To Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 991. To Boston. Bloomberg 1061. To San Francisco. Bloomberg 960. To the country. Sirius XM Channel 119. And around the globe. The Bloomberg Business App and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. It's 5.30 on Wall Street. Good Friday morning. I'm Amy Morris. I'm Nathan Hager. We're about four hours away from the open of U.S. trading. Let's get you up to date on the news you need to know at this hour. Futures are kind of holding steady this morning ahead of the monthly jobs report. So far, S&P futures are holding on to November's gains. Morgan Stanley, chief U.S. equity strategist Mike Wilson, thinks December could see gains as well. For a trade, okay, we think it's NASDAQ or long-duration stocks will will like that move in rates lower. I think for the investment community and for asset owners, it's basically bonds. Morgan Stanley's Mike Wilson says this bear market rally could be sustained over the next month. To the banking sector now, where Credit Suisse is in focus, Chairman Axel Lehman spoke exclusively with Bloomberg News this morning, saying the bank has mostly stemmed the huge outflow of clients' assets. When I speak to clients, I know there will be inflows. We already see it partially uh, hap- happening. Uh, so we have plans to continue to reach out uh, to, to clients. It might take a little bit of time, but it will, you know, uh, it will come back. Shares of Credit Suisse appear to be getting a boost from our interview with Chairman Axel Lehman. They're higher by 6.3% in Zurich. Turning to Twitter now, Amy, the artist formerly known as Kanye West is in trouble again after another offensive post on the platform. Bloomberg's Steve Rappaport joins us live with that. Steve? Good morning, Nathan and Amy. Kanye West appears to be the litmus test for Elon Musk's lax approach to moderating content. The rapper earned himself a Twitter timeout for posting a Jewish star of David combined with a swastika. Musk saying Ye's account broke the platform's policy against inciting violence. Earlier in the day, Ye told conspiracy theorist Alex Jones that he loves Jews but also loves Nazis. He also praised Adolf Hitler as an innovator. Live in New York, I'm Steve Rappaport, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right. Thank you, Steve. To politics now, former President Donald Trump has lost another legal battle. Bloomberg contributor Jeannie Sheehan-Zeno says a court ruling ended the special master review of documents seized from his Mar-a-Lago estate. This is a big win for the DOJ. It really puts their case and their ability to investigate and potentially, if they want to, file charges against the former president. They're able to do that. They're no longer going to be delayed by the special master. That's what they were seeking. Jeannie Sheehan Zeno made those comments on Bloomberg's Sound On, which you can catch weekdays at 5 p.m. Wall Street time here on Bloomberg Radio. Checking futures now, S&P futures down two points, Dow futures down 26, NASDAQ futures down 13. The uh, NYMEX crude now trading two one-hundredths of a percent lower. That's about two cents, trading now at $81.19 per barrel. This is Bloomberg. 
It's 5.33 on Wall Street. Let's bring in Michael Barr with more on what else is going on in New York and around the world. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Amy. The U.S. Supreme Court kept President Joe Biden's student loan relief plan on hold. The high court agreed to hear arguments in February that will likely produce a definitive ruling by June. The justices declined for now to lift a federal appeals court decision that is blocking the program. Six Republican-led states sued, accusing the president of overstepping his authority. Congress has voted to avert a rail strike that many had predicted would have a huge negative impact on the economy. The Senate has passed a bill to bind railroads and tens of thousands of workers to a proposed contract settlement. It had been rejected by four of the 12 unions involved. Gregory DeYoung teaches operations management at Southern Illinois University in Carbondale. It was approved by most of the unions, even though it wasn't actually approved by a majority of the voters within the unions. So it's probably a pretty good compromise overall. Operations management expert Gregory DeYoung, President Biden, is poised to sign the bill. New York City's transit chief and three other top police officials announced their retirements on Thursday. The departures come amid a push announced by Mayor Eric Adams this week to involuntarily hospitalize people who are considered too mentally ill to take care of themselves. The Biden administration's first state dinner was held last night with more than 330 invited guests on hand to honor France's first couple. As part of his toast, President Biden, French President Emmanuel Macron, spoke about the friendship between the two nations that started during the American Revolution. And when Lafayette came here indeed to fight, he fought for these principles and to have people here living in democracy and freedom. And this is the same, the same thing in my country. Today, President Macron will head to Louisiana. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Amy. All right. Thank you, Michael. 535 on Wall Street. Time now for the Sports Report brought to you by Tri-State Audi. Here's John Stashauer. All right, Amy. The Patriots dominated the AFC East for two decades. Now that title belongs to Buffalo. Bills won in Foxborough 24 to 10. They've now beaten the Pats six of the last seven meetings. The Bills had three long touchdown drives. The Pats offense struggled after a first quarter TD. So Buffalo now nine and three. Miami eight and three. Jets are seven and four. Getting ready for a visit to Minnesota. New England drops to six and six. Pats will own a potential tiebreaker with the Jets having beaten them twice. In Newark, Devils, 10 seconds from victory. Ended up losing to Nashville, 4-3 in overtime. College hoops, Seton Hall blown out by Kansas, 91-65. The big World Cup winners yesterday, Morocco and Japan, both surprising group winners. Croatia and Spain also advanced. Germany, four-time World Cup champion and now heading home. The U.S. heading to a knockout round game tomorrow morning with the Netherlands. U.S. star Christian Pulisic hopes to play despite the injury suffered while scoring the only goal against Iran when the game was over. Pulisic was in the hospital. I was able to follow it um, on the guy, you know, with me on his phone. Um, on and it was like the hardest thing. Um, you know, I think they were they were checking my, you know, my blood sugar and everything, and I was flying through the roof. But it, it wasn't because of anything. It was just me stressed watching the game. The U.S. cleared underdogs tomorrow against the Dutch. Since 1990, U.S. has played teams from Europe 19 times has won only once. Gaylord Perry has died at 84, made it to the Hall of Fame despite admitting he would sometimes doctor the baseball. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports. Amy? 
All right, thank you, John. It's 537 on Wall Street. Time now for the Tri-State Business Report. Here was that. with that is Bloomberg's Joan Doniger. This won't be a happy bonus season at Goldman Sachs. The company's traders are on the way to posting their biggest revenue haul in more than 10 years. But the firm says cost pressures are forcing a cut to year-end bonuses in the firm's global markets division, with a bonus pool facing a cut that could reach a low double-digit percentage. That contrasts with industry-wide projections in the unit's own performance. New York State is looking at charging licensed cryptocurrency businesses for the cost of regulating them. The Department of Financial Services is suggesting the idea it is standard practice for the department to tax regulated non-crypto financial organizations for those costs. And after 26 years, the Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum in Atlantic City will close at the end of the year, its last day, December 31st. The museum's manager says its local franchisee has reached the end of its agreement with Ripley, so the space will be reimagined. That's the Bloomberg Tri-State Business Report. I'm Joan Doniger. All right. Thank you, Joan. It's 538 on Wall Street. Bloomberg Radio is on the air from San Francisco to New York, London to Hong Kong. Let's check in with our global news team for some of the top stories heard on our 300 affiliate radio stations around the world. I'm Steve Potisk on WFLA Tampa Bay. We're talking about Tampa ranking as one of the best college cities in the nation. I'm Denise Pellegrini, and for KTRH Houston, I'm reporting on McDonald's Small Format Restaurant in Texas. I'm Gina Cervetti, and for WBBM in Chicago, I'm reporting that Illinois is supercharging its lineup of tax incentives for electric vehicle makers. I'm Jeff Bellinger, and on WLW in Cincinnati, I'm reporting the CEO of Kroger says food inflation has started to ease, though supermarket shoppers will have to wait a while for significant price declines. I'm Joan Doniger telling WWJ listeners in Detroit the CEO of General Motors backs efforts to unionize the battery plant in Lordstown, Ohio. Those are some of the stories our 2,700 Bloomberg journalists and analysts are working on this morning around the world. It's 539 on Wall Street. The following is an editorial from Bloomberg Opinion. This editorial was written by the Bloomberg Editorial Board. Since the start of the pandemic, Congress has provided public school districts with $190 billion in aid. Yet far too many are in danger of squandering it. A recent McKinsey report found that districts have yet to spend or even budget one-third of the funds they've received. At this rate, schools could wind up with as much as $20 billion unspent by September 2024, the deadline for using the funds. School officials need to recognize that this may be their only chance to reverse the harms of the pandemic. Policymakers also need to get serious by ensuring that funds go to classroom instruction and requiring that districts publicize their spending plans. The academic damage caused by the pandemic is immense. Failing to use all available resources to address it would be a tragic mistake. This editorial was written by the Bloomberg Editorial Board. For more Bloomberg Opinion, please go to Bloomberg.com slash opinion or OPIN Go on the Bloomberg Terminal. This has been Bloomberg Opinion. Bloomberg Opinion editorials can be heard every weekday at this time and Terminal customers can read more at OPIN Go. Futures are lower. S&P futures down a point. Dow futures down 23 points. NASDAQ futures down eight. Much more still to come. This is Bloomberg. The Bloomberg Sports Report was brought to you by Audi. Don't let someone else drive off in the Audi model you've always wanted. Visit your local tri-state Audi dealer to get behind the wheel of yours today or visit AudiOffers.com for more information.
markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business app, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. I'm Nathan Hager. Futures are moving sideways this morning after recent sharp gains this week. Traders, of course, are awaiting the monthly U.S. jobs report for clues on the Federal Reserve's next policy steps. We check the markets every 15 minutes for you during the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures are up one point right now. Dow futures are down four points. NASDAQ futures are lower by five points. The 10-year Treasury is down 5.30 seconds. The yield is 3.52%. Yield on the two-year, 4.20%. NYMEX crude is little changed, up four cents at eighty-one dollars twenty-four cents a barrel. COMEX gold is little changed, down a dollar twenty, eighteen fourteen even an ounce. The euro one point zero five two zero against the dollar. British pound one point two two six one. The yen is at one thirty-four point one nine. The November payrolls report is due out at eight thirty Wall Street time. We will have full coverage for you throughout the day here on Bloomberg Radio. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. And now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. A federal appeals court dismissed Donald Trump's lawsuit against the Justice Department over documents seized at his Mar-a-Lago resort in August. The panel ruled a Florida judge's order appointing a special master to review the materials was wrong. The Supreme Court denied President Biden's request to overturn a lower court's ruling blocking his student loan forgiveness program. They did agree to take up the legality of the plan. NFL, the Bills beat the Patriots 24-10. NHL, both the Devils and Capitals lost in overtime. At the World Cup, four games today, including Cameroon against Brazil. Global News, 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Amy. All right, thank you, Michael. It is 519 on Wall Street, live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. We want to bring you now an exclusive interview with Credit Suisse Chairman Axel Lehman, who sat down this morning with Bloomberg. Lehman says cash outflows have stopped and core shareholders still believe in Credit Suisse. He joined Bloomberg's Francine Lacroix in London to discuss the current state of the Swiss bank. There's also speculation about you selling some of the strategic, you know, domestic bank. Again, when do we have a full picture, like a definitive picture of what Credit Suisse will be like in 10 years? No, look, I think we said on October the 27th, we indicated three things strategically. Mm -hmm. We are going Mm -hmm. to radically transform the investment bank. So, in other words, we are drastically de-risking the the company. Secondly, we go through a cost-saving program. Thirdly, we do the capital increase. And we always clearly indicated we go back to the core of where we come from. It's a a Swiss global leading wealth manager. This is the future of the company. Are you having to? To accelerate some of the job cuts and cost cuts? Well, we are executing, mm. I think, well. We indicated that we will reduce headcount by 5% in the fourth quarter. I think you will see when we uh, communicate, we are well underway yeah. and we are really doubling down on the execution. We try to accelerate. We set, for example, $2.5 billion of cost saving. We are definitely exceeding $1.2 billion up right. to the end of next year. So we try to front load and not to back load the, uh, the, the implementation of the but does that mean, actually, uh, Mr. Lehman, more job cuts? I know there was a story, for example, in Bloomberg about you know job losses and debt sales. Look, we clearly said uh, we will 
Now, we need, I have to say, uh, no, cut, uh, reduce headcount by 17%, so 9,000. This is definitely the plan. We'll achieve this. And uh, when we change the plan and okay. need to do more and want to do more, we'll communicate it at the appropriate time. Um, and you're front-loading some of the cost cuts also to, to please investors. I don't know how, how often you're communicating, for example, with a Saudi investor. <laughs> no, we, are fr we try to front-load even now in the fourth quarter. That's why, you know, we gave a profit yeah. warning for the fourth quarter. We try to accelerate some of the asset sales, the non-core unit is well uh, on the way. We are working with Apollo also, you know, on the, the yeah. securitized products, well on the way. We are also exiting some of those businesses. So this is all on execution okay. mode. When do you think markets and I guess analysts and everyone will, will give you a bit of a break? Well, I cannot speak to what other people are doing, but rationally, I would say you're through the capital increase. We have a really a very solid capital CT1 ratio. I would suggest to look to other prudential measures like leverage ratio. We will add some 50 basis point to our already. Now it's above yeah. 6%. It's probably one of the highest leverage ratios that you have in the industry. You look to our LCR. Now uh, that is, we said 140. We indicated last week it was hovering around yeah. 120, 130. This week it went up to nearly 140. So these are right. very, very strong prudential mm -hmm. metrics. So that will calm the market. How difficult is it to retain staff? It is obviously a challenge. Now we have so many people, 50,000. I think they are very much under pressure, very committed. We have still excellent people, and the good thing, we continue to attract and hire, I think, very, very strong caliber indi individuals. Yeah. <laughs> but it's something to watch closely, clearly. So when are you expecting inflows to increase? We talked a little bit about the outflows and when you're expecting them to stop. How do you attract new clients? Oh, I said I already see now, you know, anecdotally when I speak to clients, I know, uh, you know, uh, that there will be inflows. We already see it partially uh, hap ha happening. Uh, mm -hmm. So we have plans to continue to reach out uh, to, to clients. It mm -hmm. might take a little bit of time, but it will, you know, uh, it will come back and, uh, and we'll go back to normal. I think we just go now through a little bit that storm during the capital increase. Mm -hmm. When we are done, we are done. And then, you know, you start to, to work step by step. No rush, step yep. by step, executing a plan. And then we are going back on track. I know you, ha you have a lot of big investors, including David Harrow and others. What kind of conversations do you have with them specifically? No, look, we, we are in regular contact with them. What I said, of course, you know, when you are for 20 years an investor in Credit Suisse and you see where the share prices, these are, you know, challenging discussions. But, you know, they see what we do and what I really like, they really believe, you know, this time it's not just managing something, organizing. It's a real, we put a line into the sand and said, look, things from a strategic and cultures perspective will need to change. We have taken both actions and we are going to execute and have a new management team. I mean, do you look at, and you know, the parallels between, for example, Deutsche Bank or even uh, other banks uh, are frequent. Do you look at a bank and say that is the kind of turnaround that I can deliver for Credit Suisse? Um, uh, what I take from other banks that have done it successfully is they develop the strategy, they stick to it, and they were executing quarter yeah. over quarter. This is what I look for. I think our strategy, our situation is unique, and we have a Credit Suisse way uh, on how we develop that strategy. Credit Suisse Chairman Axel Lehman speaking with Bloomberg's Francine Latois. We'll have more of that interview just ahead. This is Bloomberg. 
Bloomberg 1130 forecast. Sunny this morning, but cloudy this afternoon. We're going up to 50 degrees, down to 40 tonight, and then rain likely tomorrow going up to 60 degrees. Thank you, Nathan. It's 507 on Wall Street. Let's bring in Michael Barr with what else is going on in New York and around the world. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Amy. The Supreme Court says the Biden administration program to cancel student loans will remain blocked for now, but the justices have agreed to take up the case in late winter. The court's decision to hear arguments relatively quickly means it is likely to determine whether the widespread loan cancellations are legal by late June. More than 26 million people have already applied for relief. Democratic Senator Raphael Warnock and Republican challenger Herschel Walker are making their final pitch to voters in Georgia ahead of Tuesday's runoff election. Walker at his rally says he is the leader Georgia needs. You deserve a senator who actually lives in Georgia. Meanwhile, Warnock campaigned in Atlanta. Georgia, I need you to do it one more time. And the senator had some high-powered campaign help from former President Barack Obama. He's been protecting a woman's right to determine her own destiny. Tuesday's election will decide whether Democrats increase their seats in the U.S. Senate by 1 to 51. An on-duty Yonkers police officer was killed in a traffic accident. It happened yesterday afternoon near the Sprainbrook Parkway overpass. Police say a BMW driver traveling the opposite direction lost control, crossed over, and slammed into the unmarked police vehicle and a bus. New York City's transit chief and three other top police officials announced their retirement. It creates turnover in the top ranks of the department as Mayor Eric Adams tries to focus the department on subway crime and removing people with mental health issues from city streets. Among those retiring are transit head Jason Wilcox and NYPD Chief of Housing Kathleen O'Reilly. The Biden administration's first state dinner was held last night with more than 330 invited guests on hand to honor France's first couple. President Biden turned to history in his toast to French President Emmanuel Macron. France was our first ally, first country to fly the American flag after our revolution. Guests dined on butter poached Maine lobster and orange chiffon cake with roasted pears. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg Gaming. All right. Thank you, Michael. It's 510 on Wall Street. Time now for the Sports Report brought to you by Tri-State Audi. Here's John Stashauer. Thanks, Amy. Jets fans, perhaps a little unsure of who to root for last night. The Jets sit behind Buffalo in the AFC East, ahead of New England. The Bills won fairly easily in Foxborough, 24-10. to Josh Allen at two. First half touchdown passes. Buffalo's now 9-3. and One of the losses was to the Jets. Rematch with them week from Sunday in Buffalo before that game. Jets have what figures to be a tough one this Sunday in Minnesota. Vikings are 9-2 and two and a big one for the Giants. Home for Washington, who's won six of the last seven. Is Brian Dable on the Commanders. They're challenging on both fronts. They don't give up a lot of points. They haven't given up a lot of points here in the last eight weeks. Or six and seven, and I think they play a physical style of football. Coach Rivera got a lot of respect for him and how he operates. Um, they're physical on both sides of the ball. The Giants' loss would be their third in a row. It would drop them to last place in the NFC East. Devils hosted Nashville, New Jersey, down 2 nothing. Second period, up 3-2 in the third. Ten seconds from victory. The Predators tied the game. Nashville scored early in overtime to win 4-3, to just the Devils' second loss. 
over the last five weeks. The Rangers, who won in Ottawa on Wednesday, will host the Senators tonight. The Nets are home for Toronto. College Hoops, Seton Hall went out to Kansas to face the defending national champs. The Jayhawks blasted the Pirates 91-65. UConn beat Oklahoma State. The Huskies are 9-0 at the World Cup. Christian Pulisic says his injured pelvis feeling better, hopes to play for the U.S. tomorrow against the Netherlands. Hall of Famer Gaylord Perry has died at 84, pitched for 22 seasons, eight different teams. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports, Amy. All right, thank you, John. Futures are mixed this morning. S&P futures two points higher, Dow futures mostly unchanged, and NASDAQ futures down three points. Ten-year Treasury down 6.30 seconds, the yield at 3.5%. The two-year yield at 4.2%. NYMEX crude one one-hundredth of a percent higher. That's just a penny going uh, trading now at $81.23 per barrel. Much more still to come on this Friday morning on Bloomberg Daybreak. This is Bloomberg. The Bloomberg Sports Report was brought to you by Audi. Don't let someone else drive off in the Audi model you've always wanted. Visit your local tri-state Audi dealer to get behind the wheel of yours today or visit AudiOffers.com for more information. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Friday, December 2nd, 2022. Coming up this hour. Investors await the November jobs report and consider what it means for the Fed. The chairman of Credit Suisse says the bleeding at the Swiss bank has stopped. Twitter suspends Kanye West once again. And the Justice Department gets a win in the Trump White House document probe. The shakeup of retirements at the NYPD. Plus, the Supreme Court will hear President Biden's student loan forgiveness plan, but keeps it on hold. I'm Michael Barr. More ahead. I'm John Stashauer in sports. An AFC East battle in New England. Buffalo beat the Patriots. The Devils lost in overtime. Seton Hall lost at Kansas. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak. On Bloomberg 1130 New York. Bloomberg 991 Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 1061 Boston. Bloomberg 960 San Francisco. Sirius XM 119. And around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business App. Good Friday morning. I'm Amy Morris. I'm Nathan Hager. Futures have kind of hit the pause button this morning. We're coming up to 501 on Wall Street. We check the markets every 15 minutes during the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures are a little changed. Dow futures down 16 points. NASDAQ futures down 8. Ten-year Treasury is down 430 seconds. Yield 3.52%. And the yield on the two-year right now, 4.20%. Amy? Nathan, let's begin with the November jobs report. We get the latest figures at 8.30 a.m. Wall Street time. Traders are looking to the data for clues on future interest rate hikes. Jennifer Lee, senior economist with BMO Capital Markets, thinks we'll see some loosening in the labor market. What we want to see is continued moderation in the numbers. And this is the era which, you know, I'm trying to wrap my head around is that, you know, good is bad and, and bad is good. You know, normally we would like to see, I, most of us would like to see good economic data and, you know, positive news in the economy. But that, of course, would mean higher for longer. BMO's Jennifer Lee does not believe the jobs data will change the Fed's upcoming hike in December. Stick with us all morning for full coverage of the November jobs report. We'll break down the numbers with U.S. Labor Secretary Marty Walsh live at 9.45 Wall Street time on Bloomberg Radio and television. Lamey stocks in the U.S., Europe, and Asia are treading water ahead of the jobs report. S&P futures are holding on to November's gains. But Morgan Stanley Chief U.S. Equity Strategist Mike Wilson thinks this bear market rally could be sustained. We have more confidence that this rally will continue into December. We think rates will go lower. Powell's commentary is right in line with what we've been saying, which is that they're going to pause probably in January. 
and the market's getting in front of that, and this is the classic Fed pause stock market rally. Morgan Stanley's Mike Wilson says traders can play the run-up in December, but advises the average investor to buy bonds. Taking a look at oil this morning, crude's headed for its biggest weekly gain in almost two months. There appear to be several catalysts. Looser COVID curbs in China, calls from the White House to halt crude sales from strategic reserves, and an OPEC decision to cut supply by the most since 2020. Checking prices now, NYMEX crude up six one-hundredths of a percent. That's about five cents, trading now at $81.27 per barrel. Let's turn to the banking sector now, Amy. Credit Suisse is in focus this morning. Chairman Axel Ayman spoke exclusively with Bloomberg News, saying the banks mostly stemmed the huge outflow of clients' assets that sent shares to a record low. Doubt was basically half stopped. What we saw is two, three weeks in October, boom. And since then, flattening out, they have stopped. It's gradually coming back, in particular in Switzerland. Shares of Credit Suisse appear to be getting a boost from our interview with Chairman Axel Lehman. Right now, they're up 6% in Zurich. Stick with us for more for that exclusive interview with Bloomberg's Francine Lacroix coming up shortly here on Bloomberg Daybreak. And another sign of a slowing economy comes from Goldman Sachs. Traders at the investment bank could see their year-end bonuses cut. Sources say executives in the firm's global markets division were warned this week their compensation pool will be slashed. Goldman's annual trading revenue is on track to top $25 billion. That would be its biggest revenue haul in more than a decade. All right, let's get the latest on Twitter now, Amy. The artist formerly known as Kanye West is once again in trouble after another offensive post on the platform. Bloomberg's Steve Rappaport joins us live with the details. Good morning, Steve. Good morning, Nathan and Amy. Elon Musk tells Ye to go away, suspending the rapper's account for his latest anti-Semitic act. West posted an image combining the star of David with a swastika. Musk tweeting he did his best with West, but Ye once again broke the platform's rule against incitement to violence. By the way, Ye's post wasn't his first Nazi reference of the day. In a bizarre interview with conspiracy theorist Alex Jones, Ye wearing a full face mask with a Bible by his side lavished praise on Adolf Hitler as an innovator while ignoring his massacre of six million Jews. Live in New York, I'm Steve Rappaport, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, thank you, Steve. Let's turn to politics now where Donald Trump is back in the news. The former president has lost another court battle. Bloomberg's Ed Baxter reports the 11th Circuit has ruled Trump has no right to a special master. The ruling gives a major boost to prosecutors who can now go ahead with their investigation and prosecution if it comes to that. The DOJ is looking at the documents taken from Mar-a-Lago to see whether they had the highest level of secrecy or whether Mr. Trump engaged in obstruction of justice. The court ruled the law is clear. It cannot allow any subject of a search warrant to block the government investigation after the execution of the warrant. Trump can ask for a hearing of the full court and, of course, can petition the Supreme Court to intervene. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Ed, thanks. Let's turn to the latest on China now. The Communist Party's top decision-making body meets this month. Economists expect leaders will signal a more pragmatic approach toward COVID controls and put more focus on boosting economic growth. They say Beijing desperately needs more monetary and fiscal stimulus to support a recovery into next year. All right, Nathan, let's talk corporate news now. Turning our focus to the auto industry, General Motors CEO Mary Barra joined Bloomberg Business Week yesterday for an exclusive interview, looking ahead to GM's future product portfolio and outlook for autos in the current economy. We'll have the capacity to be able to sell a million units in North America and, frankly, in China by 2025. We're going to have the products uh, across the market that are going to allow us to, to achieve that metrics. 
GM CEO Mary Barra made the comments on Bloomberg Business Week, heard weekdays at 2 p.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg Radio and seen live on YouTube and Bloomberg Quick Take. Catch the full interview with Mary Barra on Bloomberg.com. And a couple notes on the Fed this morning, Amy. Fed Vice Chair for Supervision Michael Barr says the central bank could slow the pace of rate increases soon. At the same time, he says the hikes will not stop anytime soon. And the Federal Reserve Bank of Chicago has appointed Austin Goolsby as its new president. He'll replace Charles Evans, who retires next month. S&P futures down a point. Dow futures down 23. NASDAQ futures are lower by 10 points. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.